What's up, nerds? Welcome back to another episode of Canode Knows, brought to you by Dig BMX. This week on the show, we got Johnny Rakus. And uh, Johnny is one of the best bike riders in the world right now. He's pushing the envelope of what's possible with all of his tech trickery. And uh, he's on the pro team for Fiend BMX. He rides for Vans. And who else does he ride for? We kind of get into it in the in the podcast. Oh, he just got on Odyssey, and we go over his Welcome to Odyssey Pro part. Johnny's an amazing human being on top of just being amazing at uh, riding bikes. He's really good at kendama, and he's a smart cookie. He's, uh, he's, he's a really fun dude to talk to, and I enjoyed this episode very much. I hope you guys do too. But before we get into it, I got a couple of asks. Uh, smash that like button, hit subscribe, and hit the bell for notifications. Share the show with a friend. If you share the show with one friend, we'll grow, and then we can all be millionaires. <clears throat> by next week probably uh if you're listening please leave a five-star review on apple podcasts and uh that's oh one more ask is go to rarlife.com and get your green superfoods which will make you healthy like johnny and you'll get 15 percent off by using the promo code canode and that's it so let's get into it johnny rakis hello johnny rakis rakes bobby canode rakis rakis you got it right where's that from rakis I have no idea. That's a good question. I should Let's probably figure that out. 23 and me. Like Canode <laughs> is also a weird one. I, you know where you're from? I learned once that I'm figs, F-I-G-S, French, Irish, German, Scottish. And then like I told my mom that a year ago and she was like, that's wrong. I was like, well, whatever. <laughs> I'm just a, a white mutt, whatever. Interesting. Rekas sounds interesting. I want, I'm curious. Let's do a little 23 and me after the pod. <laughs> Um, or, yeah, it's an interesting one. Not many people know how to say it. So props for actually knowing how to say it. It's pretty Johnny cool. Rakes. <laughs> um, and I saw your email has John in it. Do you go by John sometimes? Uh, not really. That's my legal name, but I'm a okay. junior. My dad's name is also John. So just straight up John, not Jonathan. Nope. Just John. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> to differentiate between me and my dad. I've always just called me Johnny and it just stuck. That makes sense. That's dope. Maybe one day I'll take on John. <laughs> That's how I feel about Bob. I'll eventually get when I get older, I'll be Bob. I yeah. <laughs> when I was like third or no, I was ten and I was in school and I told because my real name's Robert and I told my teacher it's Bobby now, just out of nowhere. And then it's stuck for the rest of my life. And someday I'll go back to being Robert or Bob. <laughs> old old man Bob or Robert. Anyway. Hello, Robert. <laughs> Hello, John. <laughs> Happy. Um so you just dropped this Odyssey video, and uh, it's incredibly impressive. It's like every single clip is, uh, you got to rewind it and watch it twice. Maybe that's why it had 10,000 views in one day, which is <laughs> fantastic. And it's a welcome to pro, dude. Congratulations. Yes, sir. Thank you. It was a lot of fun to work on the project. And uh, that's always my goal is to make sure you have to rewatch it. If you so can understand sick. it fully in the first time you're watching it, I feel, I, fail, I feel like I failed as a writer. So it's cool to hear. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a crazy good goal, dude. Um, I mean, let's see. Well, I think we should watch it together in a bit, but just tell me how it came about. Um, is this, sorry for not knowing shit, but were you on Odyssey prior to this or are you joining Odyssey and uh, this just straight to pro? What, how long have you been... <clears throat> talking with odyssey or being a part of it yeah uh so it's pretty interesting uh a couple months ago i just wanted to escape the washington weather and so i got a royalty check from these kendama sales and so i immediately just bought a flight out to austin 
And uh, initially it was just vacation just to get out and get in some more weather and ride with homies. But uh, I ended up leaving Animal around a similar time. And uh, I've been joking around with some of the riders like, you know, I'm trying to get put on. I want to do trips with you guys. And so, uh, yeah, I just hit up Zach Kramis and we started having some preliminary talks. And then uh, it was pretty cool how it came about, came, how it all came together and how it was finalized. Uh, I was literally on the plane to Austin signing the contract to getting on. No shit. But like a gangster. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> so yeah, so it was a did you buy a, a one-way ticket? Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah. Didn't know how long it was going to stay. Thought it might just be a couple of weeks and ended up almost being two whole months. So this is all, this all happened really fast. I, and now that you say animal, I'm like, oh yeah, you were on animal. What happened there? Uh, it just, I'd just been on forever. It'd been like seven years. It was one of my very first sponsors. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I was just ready to try something new. Nice. And obviously our, our, uh, our window of opportunity to make money in BMX is very small. And so yeah. I was just trying to capitalize on what I could at the time and just try to bank on myself. And I'm glad this came together. It was a big that's, upgrade. It's <laughs> really smart of you, man. It did. Did your smarts come when you got the glasses or is it uh... <laughs> In that case, I should be a genius by 12, and I've been, I've been pretty dumb my whole life, so I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like you're pretty smart, man. You you know what's good for health, at, I think, and you know, I don't know, you're incredibly, like, kinetically gifted. Kinetic intelligence is a thing. You, like, <laughs> you tell your body to do something, and then you can do double crank flips and all the shit that you <laughs> So wild. Just I, I filmed you in person once doing a uh, double crank flip, and it doesn't even seem real. It's just, what did... And it's done. It's like you're. <laughs> it's like watching a video game. Watching you ride. It's incredible. Um, That's cool to hear. Yeah. I re do you remember me trying to get you on Sabrosa? Yeah. Do you remember that I was day? on for like a month? <laughs> no, I, I, I don't remember shit. Tell me. Tell me. Tell That's me, tell funny. Me, tell me. So yeah, I think uh, obviously we ran into each other. I think you guys were doing a little shop stop or something, and mm -hmm. we ended up kicking it. And I was riding at the whole squad. And uh, what was the deal? I think I had just left Stranger. And I believe Sabrosa put me on for a short while. They sent me a bike and sent me a rail and everything was going good. But then I got a text from JJ Palmier who was asking me if I wanted to be a part of Fiend. And obviously I felt terrible, but there's no way I could say no to that. Those yeah, were the dudes no who shot. inspired my every move as a child. So for real, I had to say yes to that one. <laughs> I remember, I remember not being mad at all. I was like, good for you, dude. Fiend is the shit. <laughs> I'm stoked. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now it's shit. That's been a long time ago. That was, you know, eight, seven or eight, nine years ago. I don't. Yeah, somewhere around there, seven, eight. It's all kind of a blur. Um, what was that like? So you got the text from JJ. I want to know, like, your first, because Fiend is, you know, it's Garrett Reynolds and Tony Ennis and Ty Morrow, and it's like, were you had you known them prior to getting on, and what was it like? Did they make you like come kick it and see if you mesh with the crew? What was your first experience with uh, getting on Fiend like? We'll get back to the Odyssey video, but I want to know about the Fiend. <laughs> um, it was pretty surreal. Those dudes were my biggest inspiration with riding growing up. I remember literally the first video I ever saw on the internet of BMX was, I think, Garrett's props bio. Yes. Obviously, damn. to get that call was pretty inspiring. And there's even moments where I was like first riding with my homie and we we're filming clips for the first time. Yeah. And like, he'll pretend like Garrett and Tony are watching. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, all right. Yeah, I'm going to try it now. <laughs> so it's super funny, but it all came full circle. It's pretty surreal. But, um, but yeah, I think initially they were doing a uh, some kind of bike giveaway. You had to post like your best clips or something. And I was just going hard trying to win a free bike from them at the time. And uh, I think they just caught on and were like, yo, I want to hook this kid up eventually. And uh, yeah, they just started flowing me a bike. And 
I think the first time I ever met Garrett or any of the Fiend dudes, I was out in uh, Huntington Beach kicking it with Sasa Boss. Sasa Boss. One of, one of the best dudes out there. For uh, real. But yeah, I ended up staying with Sasa for like a whole summer to film a video. And uh, during that summer, I was bouncing around between Garrett's and SD and Sasa and Huntington Beach. Yes. That was my first exposure to meeting them. That was the trip where you did Smith Nosebunk Double Bar? Yeah. Yeah. That video is <laughs> nuts. Um, so yeah, it's one of my favorites still. What's it what's it like kicking it and being on a trip with the fiend guys? And you know, you find yourself riding at the same kind of like you're up there with them doing crazy shit. And uh yeah, what's it like being on a fiend trip? Uh it's amazing. Obviously, those are the that's a standard I've always tried to live up to. It's always the you know, the ceiling I was trying to break through is always what I wanted to strive for. So to be yeah. on a scene with them, super validating. And uh yeah, it pushes me like no other. And I love riding with those dudes. I love seeing the way their minds work. Riding with people like Colin, who's just unbelievably technical. Yeah. It's super inspiring to me. Obviously, seeing Garrett and Tony do their thing is beyond inspirational. So Magic. That's the yeah, it's really top cool to of the game. Of I take on, the shit really seriously. The, yeah, you're, you're on the 96 Chicago Bulls or the 90, you know, one of, <laughs> whatever the best year is the, of the Bulls, man. Yeah. It's, it's the dream team. And it's uh, filming for, yeah, Fiend Clips is like no nothing else. The kind of standard I hold myself to is super high. And so it really brings out the best to you, which is really cool. It can That's also drive me crazy because my standards are way too high, but yeah, sometimes it produces good shit. <laughs> I've, I think I've seen it in person uh, in Arizona behind a building. It was a rail to ledge set up and you were working for a clip for, I don't know, maybe over an hour at least. And it, you ended up getting it and it was fired. Do you remember the clip? It was like, I think I want to say it was Predator to Backwards Smith Cab. Uh, something like that <laughs> i'm surprised you remember you say you got a shitty memory you're on point now <laughs> is that right Pred <laughs> yeah, predator perfect, to yeah. 180 smith and then cab out Shit. yeah that's funny well, you remember that that was a cool trip <clears throat> i get little spurts dude i, I can't remember <laughs> shit but i have little little eenty beenty moments um I'm the same way terrible memory but the things i do remember i'm pretty sure yeah i dude i heard something the other day about like if you want to remember something you learn it and then or experience it and then have an adrenaline spike afterwards and your brain triggers memory and i was like that's interesting hmm. so like if you're if you're studying for a test and you memorize a bunch of shit and then you go jump in a freezing cold pool your brain will like preserve that information more than if you didn't do that and i'm like oh that's that's a neat neat little life hack <clears throat> very interesting uh, i gotta start yeah. trying that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess cold plunge is a topic that leads into health. And uh, what's I know that you were vegan for a bit. You might still be vegan. Um, what is your? What do you do to? How old are you? And how's your health? And what do you do to <laughs> maintain your health? Uh, I'm 23 years old. You young say, buck! Holy shit! Yeah. You're younger than I thought. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've been taking my health a lot more seriously the past like three months, I'd say. I started going to the gym pretty consistently. Beforehand, I would just like, I don't know, be conscious about what I eat and do yoga and all kinds of breath work and cold exposure and shit like that. But um, yeah, lately I've been lifting weights and trying to get my body prepared to take damage in the streets. Which yeah, is dude. essential for what we do. I think it's like most people realize in their late 20s, they're like, oh yeah, I should probably take care of my body, but it's good that you're ahead of the curve with that. That's great. What kind of lifting yeah. are you doing? uh just random shit i don't know picking different muscle groups every day and trying to get after it i got a homie who's uh like a professional soccer player out here he's nice. one of my 
few friends from high school that I'm still in contact with. And uh, yeah, he pretty much just started showing me the ropes on how to lift and shit. And we've been getting Sick. after it ever since the past few months. Hell yeah. Good for you, man. Have, yeah, you, have you noticed uh, in the three months? I remember when I first hit the gym and started deadlifting consistently, my bunny hop went like a foot higher. I was like, holy shit. Like, I don't know if that Damn. applies to you because you can already pretty much hop as high as possible. But have you noticed it affecting your ability on the bike, the working out? hundred percent. That's really cool. You can see the tangible growth like that. But, um, but yeah, I would say it was like just getting sore and being able to ride at a high level constantly. Like on this last trip, we we're pedaling around all the time yeah. in the streets every day. And I don't think there was a single day where I woke up like, oh, dude, I'm so sore. Like this is going to be hard to get after it today. Sick. Just waking up ready to get after it every day. So how do you think least... you can prevent getting sore like that? I guess just, um... you know, working out, like you said, but is there shit that you do at night? Like, are you still stretching and doing all the yogas? Not as much as I should be, but yeah, I aspire to. And uh, I think breathing is a huge part of it. Just taking conscious breaths throughout the day at all times. Obviously, there's different practices you can do to, you know, really get into it. But yeah, just conscious conscious breathing while you're riding and everything too. Staying yeah, hydrated. dude. It's Simple so shit. easy to forget <laughs> to breathe while you're doing a trick. I'll be circling around trying something and then I like... I like, oh yeah, I need to breathe and then like think about <laughs> breathing. So if somebody is new to conscious breathing or just, you know, breathing exercises in general, what, what would you tell them to start with? Um, it's hard to say what to start with. Maybe just, you know, setting aside a minute for something little, something easy that's attainable and just picking a certain amount of time to follow your breath and to acknowledge when you inhale, note it as rising falling in your mind and just try to follow that train huh yeah just let all your thoughts go and focus on those are you, you counting know, but, um, as you inhale and exhale or like what is it yeah what are you thinking about when you're doing this breathing um usually just trying to focus as hard as you can on the sensation of the inhale and the exhale but uh that's just like a gentle introduction the like the steep path that i would suggest is uh the wim hof breathing technique it's pretty complicated, but it's super powerful. And uh, yeah, I can't recommend that enough. It's one of the most powerful things I've ever encountered in my life. And it's free to use. You don't need no chemicals. You don't need to buy nothing. You don't need to do shit, but lay down and get high in your own supply. I've never tried it. It's I've seen somebody talking about it or demonstrating it. Is it through the mouth? Like <sighs> that type shit? Or is it uh, double inhales? It's probably a do, bunch of shit. You could do it different ways. Yeah, I tried to do it through the nose and then out through the mouth. Okay. But it's like a very specific inhale you want to do. You want to do inhaling as deeply as you can, and then like a quarter or half of an exhale. And you do that for, say, 30 to 40 breaths. And then on the last one, you exhale fully. And on empty lungs, you hold your breath for like a minute to two minutes. And then you inhale deeply again with that same style of huge inhale. I would do yeah. it right now, but it'd probably be an audio nightmare. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then you hold that on full lungs for like 15, 20, 30 seconds and exhale again and start over. And that's one round. And I would suggest, yeah, doing like three, four or five rounds. Damn. I'm going to do that. Thank you. It's really powerful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've known about it, but I've never like, you know, been told to do it. So I think that's a, that's a good idea. Yeah. It's pretty fascinating the way you do the inhales. Uh, the inhales are obviously as deep as you can. And the exhale is like a quarter to half. So you're literally just flooding your system with oxygen. Yeah, And then after you flood it, you empty your lungs completely and then hold with no oxygen. And uh, it feels like all that energy just disperses out of your lungs and into every other part of your body. Yeah. If you do it long enough, it literally starts to feel like each and every cell of your body is like coming to life and vibrating. and Sick. I like, I like, the, I like the sound of that. 
yeah it's trippy <laughs> yeah trippy just like um i mean it comes up a lot but the the cold plunge is trippy it's just yeah. a, a magical thing and like i guess it's the same concept of like oxygen but blood like it's the it's your body pushing all the blood inside and then when you get out letting it slowly come back out and you feel alive and super high on life it's it's magical magical shit dude yeah supercharged and it's pretty interesting the dude who came up with that technique uh figured it out through getting cold and yeah uh, he just noticed that you had to breathe differently when you're in the cold to survive and then he slowly started taking that outside of the water and then realizing it has all kinds of positive effects outside so yeah to do the to get cold i like to do that breathing technique beforehand yeah and it prepares your body for the cold way better than anything else i can think of for real and it's kind of tragic his story like you know wim hof's story a bit like, yeah from my understanding his wife died and uh, he just needed to go feel something. So he went and jumped in freezing cold water. And that was the beginning of his journey. Is that right? Something like that. Yeah. I think she might have even committed suicide. And it was so, you know, hard on this system that he needed to figure out yeah, how, to help this shit, how to help people, how to cure the sickness of, you know, sadness in ourselves. Of grief. Shit, so. Yeah. Grief <laughs> yeah. and anxiety. I just had a kid hit me up on Instagram like, hey, man, how do you, how do you deal with anxiety? And I kind of told him cold plunge helps a lot and uh rigorous exercise and cardio always feels good absolutely um, cardio sucks while you're doing it but you feel better <laughs> afterwards i prefer like weightlifting isn't so bad during it and uh but you don't get the the high the the runner's high is a real thing after cardio absolutely uh, it helps a lot if you have a partner as well <laughs> yeah. it's kind of hard to push yourself cardio wise when you're alone for real and, uh, I, I wouldn't do it unless I had this class where I'm surrounded by moms and like middle-aged, <laughs> middle-aged women who are kicking ass. And I'm like, I'm not going to get outdone by these ladies, you know? <laughs> Hell yeah. That's a good way to do it. <laughs> They're like, it's not competitive, but in my head, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to fucking beat these bitches. <laughs> Ain't no way they're topping me. <laughs> That's right. Shut up, Karen. I got this. <laughs> All right. Get to the manager um... faster than you can. <laughs> I'll, I'll race you to the manager. <clears throat> So let's go back to Fiend. And you've sure. been on the team for years. You've had incredible sections and clips and a lot of their videos. What's been, like of all the Fiend trips that you've been on, what was your favorite? And uh, yeah, let's just talk about the trips for now. Mm, first two that come to mind are international ones. We went to Barcelona in, I want to say 2019, 2018, 2019. And yeah. then we just went to France recently as well. We went to Paris and Lyon. Yeah, and the, the, first the Lyon video mind. was so good. Hell yeah. <clears throat> I love that. But yeah, international travel is unlike anything else, especially when you got a cool group of homies and have a For bunch real. of people out there just getting getting after it every day in the streets. Who showed you guys around when you were in France? Um, there was a few different people. I honestly can't remember. And uh, I don't know. It's cool being on trips with Gary. He's the type of guy who... Even if people are trying to film spots, he'll he'd rather just go out and find it himself. Nice. So yeah, there's there's times on trips where we've gotten done riding and he'll drop us off at like eleven at the crib and then he'll just go out and drive all night and find a ton of spots. And the next day he's like, All right, I found this all this shit and there's a whole list of spots. Damn, Garrett, that's sick. Incredible. That's yeah, uh decided with that not many people see. I think he's yeah, one of the most you know, dedicated to finding spots and just dedicated to BMX in general and it shows. Straight up professional. Um yeah, what's it like? His is he the like what's it he owns fiend yes and yeah i believe he's a co-owner acting team manager yes i don't know uh, pretty much what, yeah just kind of does it all 
<clears throat> yeah, I don't know if there's any one person that has, you know, that title or anything, but yeah, him and Tony are the ones dealing with the team. He's just keeping it like the feel of a group of homies, which is super sick. And so that's why I was bringing up earlier, like, do you click with the crew? You know, like that's more important than if you're really good. Can you kick it with, uh, with all the guys on a trip? Um, it sounds like yeah. you, you can. Yeah. So I have a lot of fun with them, but, uh, I think it was definitely hard on them in the beginning. Cause when they first introduced, got introduced to me, I was probably like 16, 17. Like I didn't know how to talk to people, especially like older men who yeah, I admire real. and respect. Yeah. And I was just quiet in general. Don't have much to say. Yeah. So I think it was hard on them cause they probably didn't they're just like, couldn't pick my brains enough to figure out what's going on. But yeah. there's like, who's this yeah. awkward, quiet kid who can do all the tricks. <laughs> I don't know. Let's go, find, let's go find a spot. Let him go. But <laughs> just, point, just point the camera at him, man. He does it. He does some good shit. And then he plays with this Kendama. Um, yeah, I can relate the being young and being on a trip with the older, older dudes is intimidating. And then I, I remember my first trip to the OSS house when I was like 20, I still felt, you know, 18 or 17 in my head and I, I was real quiet and so awkward and Adam actually called me out on it like know, will you fucking talk get off your phone and I'm like I'm so scared I'm so scared I'm so scared <laughs> but yeah I don't think it took long for me to break out of my shell but that's dope. definitely probably hard on them in the beginning it's so. kind of wild to think about being 16 years old and getting hooked up and being on fiend and going with your heroes around the world or just even on a local trip is kind of crazy yeah yeah so, it's pretty surreal international trips is your favorite those are good um how about a like a specific moment a clip that you had to work for that you were stoked on that like comes to mind immediately what's the 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 best shit that you've uh what's your favorite clip that you've gotten for fiend so far hmm. to be honest i'd say like probably 80 percent of the stuff i filmed for fiend is still on tony's computer uh we're sitting on stuff that's at least four or five years old at this point i'm so excited and, uh, for that i heard that there's uh, a scene video even... coming out <laughs> maybe who knows yeah, um, maybe <laughs> <laughs> might have to wait another three years uh no i'm just playing um but yeah Hi, it's Tony. hard to say most of it is uh all stuff that is yet to be put out but um i don't know there's one that comes to mind i guess and it's just spain footage probably i just love the atmosphere of europe footage and yeah. uh there was one spot or one clip where I did like a rail that went down flat and down again. And it went down flat and then did double bar spin down. Oh like, yeah. Stare at a flat. Yeah. And, uh, I remember that clip. I don't know. It's first thing that comes to mind. Just super cool being in Spain. There's like little kids all around the spot yelling and there's crowds of people out watching. We had like Simone showing around us that day. Sick. I don't know. It's just such a cool time. We love Simone. Absolutely. <clears throat> and yeah, I remember that clip specifically. That's an incredible clip. Dude, I don't understand how you do the double bars how early were you learning double bar spins because it seems like you've just been this good forever but uh like <laughs> what was your like early years of writing like um you said that you watched garrett's props bio and you wanted to learn all that shit and then what happens you go out to the skate park you are you in washington state growing up and uh <clears throat> yeah how did you get good at bikes what's your general young story yeah uh i grew up in kennewick washington it's just a little town with not much going on at all not many spots a couple skate parks but i didn't start going to those until i was already starting to do tricks more they really just started with me cruising around town with my homies and realizing you can bunny hop around and then i got exposed to bmx videos and i was like oh shit this is really cool and started just doing tricks with my brother and my homies and uh 
I think the real turning point where I was like, yeah, this is something I want to do. BMX is sick. I can do this was probably Garrett's deadline part. I think that was like 2012. So it's probably like 13 or some shit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I remember locking myself away and downstairs and watching that for the first time. And then me just being like, oh my God, I can do this. And just ran out of the house and just started grinding for tricks. And so, uh, Hell yeah. yeah, I think I've always followed the blueprint of just innovative, technical, progressive writing. I always looked up to that and I always, you know, saw that as the blueprint and tried to copy it. Well, you're and, uh, creating the blueprint now. Like some of the shit you're doing is definitely pushing, pushing the limit. It's fucking awesome. Uh, what was one of, what was some of the first early tricks that you learned? Like what, what came first? Um, you know, the typical ones, one eighties. And then, uh, I was always attracted to bar spins. I think it probably shows, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bar spins, uh, silly shit like no handers and you know three sixties but uh i found an old clip a while ago which is pretty funny you brought up double bars and uh there's this like little bleacher set up in the grass right next to the school where i was from and this is filmed on like some shitty old like vhs camera yeah and yeah i hopped on that thing and did like the sketchiest double bar and that did the craziest landing but you yeah, did a was... double bar at like 13 years old no not 13 i was probably like 14 15 but it's, it's hilarious still. like i didn't it's cool to watch that shit back and be like, oh, wow, I was really doing double bars at the time. Yeah, that's unreal. And, uh, it's just one of those tricks I always wanted to get good at. I always thought it was super cool. And, uh, you know, I always wanted to be like the double bar guy. But yeah. I think I turned into more of like the crank flip guy or some shit at this point. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you're not in a box, dude. Everybody knows you can do pretty much anything. You're at that level where, I've said this before, but like writers learn all the tricks, but then you get to become like an artist and choose what trick to do on what spot. Like you can do pretty much everything, but it's like now it's to the point where you get to see a spot and like use your talent to like use the spot and throw in a couple of tricks and push push the envelope of like what's possible and technical and it's fucking sick to watch man i love it love love your writing have thank you have been a big fan since you were 16 so i guess seven, <laughs> seven eight years now at this point that's cool to hear and yeah i think everyone has their own little lane in writing what they're naturally good at and mm -hmm. uh you know i think that's just like it my writing kind of shows how my mind works i'm always trying to think of the most complex puzzle i can solve sick. and uh yeah it kind of shows in the technical writing i do um What's the uh, what's the latest challenge that you've had or like challenge that you've imposed on yourself to learn? Because I, I imagine you stay progressing. What's the latest trick that you, you know, got dialed in or learned better? What was um, the last thing that you were like, I want to learn this? I was just messing around on the fly rail today and uh, I've just been trying to learn crank arm grinds pretty much. And uh, I was just hanging out with Trent Lutsky, who's super good at the tooth crank. So good. Yeah. So I've been doing that one a lot. And uh, I was trying to do, you know, tooth crank 180 fakey crook indian oh and, uh, shout out to donicky he did that on a street rail to cab bar years ago which is just yeah. unbelievable yeah but uh yeah i don't know i've always been mindful that by that trick so once i started figuring out tooth crank 180 i was like oh, i need to figure out how to get into that it seems impossible did you but, land uh, one in yet? terms of not with the cab bar but yeah did the crook and then cabbed out sick uh, Good but in you. terms of uh like clip things that i've filmed uh definitely that 180 smith nose cab bar spin in the little odyssey video that just came out Yes. That was one that was extremely difficult. That probably took me the longest. Hell it's yeah. always funny because that's like a three second clip that most people could probably just glance over and not know what's going right. on. But yeah. Yeah. That was it's funny how difficult. that works, dude. <laughs> nobody nobody really knows like how much, especially the general public, dude. Like I'm trying to explain 
I remember explaining like filming a full length video to, you know, my mom or a school teacher and trying to explain like, well, why isn't it done? You could just go shoot. And then it's only an hour long <laughs> video. Right. And I was like, you don't understand what goes into three seconds. Like it's right. <laughs> you're hopping fences and traveling or going from spot to spot. And then the clip is only, you know, two, two or three seconds long and you have to fill up an hour and it's unbelievably like tedious. So yeah. I, I actually, when I was reading the description, it said it, it took uh, two months in Austin filming this part. And how did it, you know, I, oh, that's what it is, dude. So like, it felt like a, <laughs> it felt like a Zach Kramer's video. And then I saw that Trent filmed it and I was like, damn, Trent, you filmed the shit out of that. And like, <laughs> vibe. it's that everything makes sense now that I'm looking at the description. Um, let's go ahead and watch it together, dude. Why all not? right. All right. Yeah, it was a lot of fun working with Trent. We uh, we did an ends trip last year, and I think that was my first time being able to work with him. He's and, the uh, shit. Yeah, it was really fun. I never get to like film with anyone who's like my age either. So it's I don't know, yeah, it's he is fun. he is a, a young experience. buck too, huh? He's twenty four, twenty three, whatever. That's... I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, All no. right, let's get in. I'm not going to have music so that we can uh, be cleared on the the YouTube's, but it's a beautiful. <laughs> horny horn song that zach crane has put in there did you what what was the process for finding the music for this was it you just leave it up to kramis or did you have input uh, yeah uh i should have had more input I, I have such a hard time picking music um and i'm always super big on like what i do choose to send but he sent me a rough draft with this song i was like oh yeah that actually works pretty well and uh yeah it was like the first song that he suggested was the one we ended up using Sick. we tried a few yeah. different other ones but this is the one that stuck Pretty that's cool. that's usually organic. how it goes. Yeah, like the your first gut instinct is usually right. All right. Right. <clears throat> so sorry if you guys are watching, and it's choppy playback. You know, it's Zoom. We'll figure out better technology <laughs> in the future. Leave a comment if you know how to do it better. Here we go. <clears throat> so yeah, we've ended up filming almost like two and a half minutes of stuff, and this is obviously a minute. But uh, yeah, where, like where's the other stuff? Uh, I think they're. Um, thinking about doing a mixtape or something down the line. Oh, so okay. Sick. We'll have quite a bit of other things to use, but we just wanted to use the best uh, stuff we could and have a quick minute that yeah, was I love good that. And went by fast. It it goes by fast, and then it's also like slow because you're focused so hard on it at the same time. <laughs> All right, and dude, I forget. I keep calling you the Pajama Panther. <laughs> <On Instagram. laughs> I'll take it. Your like style it. is fantastic, man. All right. Hell yeah. Shout out to Gecko Hawaii. They make these cool beach pants. Gecko Hawaii, dude. All You're right. looking for thin pants. I can take a beating. Check them out. <laughs> for, I, that's the that's the thing. Like, it seems like you're pretty vulnerable when you're wearing these pants. Like, shinners must hurt like a son of a bitch. But uh, yeah, fuck it. You're rocking it. I mean, I got a secret. I wear pads. I got a shitty kneecap. I'm afraid it's gonna explode in half one of these days. It's already got chunks taken out of it. That's it's smart. That one day it's gonna shatter, but. I try to protect it. <laughs> I think it's it's smart to wear pads. I low key don't tell anybody, but I also wear pads, and I'm starting to wear a helmet too. Shit. I'm Good option. Me. Good option. Smart yeah. guy. Uh, low key, my my girlfriend uh, got hit by a car when she was riding oh a bike God. when she was younger, and so she's traumatized. And she, you know, she's like, "Please wear a helmet." And then I started to argue it. I was like, "I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna wear a helmet. I never have." And blah blah blah. And the more I was arguing, I was like, "There's really no like." solid argument against wearing a helmet it's just like yeah. put it put it on my <laughs> only excuse was like my head is huge and legit no helmet fits me but i found one that fits and we got to start rocking it anyway 
There you back, go. Back to you and your pants doing this while ride to Barstow <laughs> the next up ride to 180 crank flip, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, it's a lot. All right. This was my first switch up ever filmed in the streets. Uh, I've always been pretty bad at switch ups, but it feels pretty damn good to be able to actually film them in the streets. That was fire. And it's, what an interesting, what a crazy setup. That's like not a, not a light rail to be going up. How many stairs? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, <laughs> eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 10, 11, 12. Yeah, you're going up like a 16 stair rail. It works pretty well. There's a good run up. Dude, and Trent then, typically, filmed that really well. Go on. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Typically, I don't like to film tricks that people have seen before. Obviously, there's been a million pegs, switch whips, and pegs, downwhips, and shit, but it just felt good to me because I never uh, actually filmed one in the streets before. Yeah, hell yeah. You gotta break my gotta, code. <laughs> break your code. You're like, <laughs> I pretty much only do NBDs, but uh, I'll let it slide for this 16 stair up rail to opposite tail. <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> your standards are that high to where this is a clip that you're not that stoked on. That's funny. <laughs> oh, man. And there it is. Up. Wait. No, is that the one that you were talking about? No, you. Uh, what did I'm we just sure. talk about? 180 Smith cab nose. Oh yeah, 180 Smith nose cab mm -hmm. bar is the one you were talking about. Yeah, how long, how long did this one. take? This is a uh, pretty tech. This, this happened really quickly, actually. Uh, I love the Smith nose 180 bar. That's one of my favorite ledge tricks to do in general. And uh, I've been trying to find a spot to do the fakie manual, and this one was just high enough to where it plopped you right in position, and that's, happened way quicker than I thought it was going to. That's what's up. Which is always refreshing because a lot of the tricks I try to take way too long. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I'm not on your level of riding, but the tricks that I film usually take me a long time too. And so, like most of the time, I want to go out with a filmer, literally by myself, just one on one, and then put in the put in the work. Like I, I kind of shy away from trying shit in front of people. Right. Yeah, I'm the it's, same way. I feel like I'm a headache to film. <laughs> yeah, I'm constantly like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm taking so long, you know. But then, like, knowing it from the other side of being the filmer and having a writer apologize, I'm like, dude, shut up. You're fine. You don't need to say sorry. Like, just keep going. Right. You, you got this. <laughs> it's a mind fuck. Either way. So that's a great clip. This one was super fun. I love yeah. sea ledges in general. Yeah. What a combo. It's kind of, you've been practicing your skate park, I know. Your local has, <laughs> has a sea ledge just like this, huh? Pretty similar, yeah. Yeah. Home, dude. I love the nose 180 bars. It's always a fun one. It's, it, they look amazing and very difficult. Well, you make them look easy, but oof. That one was super satisfying. I had to do it twice. We initially filmed it uh, at night the day before, and uh, it ended up being too dark. So I had to go back the next morning, and it was the day of the deadline where we had to submit all this footage to Odyssey. And so I had the early mission trying to recreate this one. That and, sucks uh, that it didn't work out with the nighttime footage. It's too dark. This one looked better anyway. It's all good. Did it cleaner this time? But I always uh, um, love these 180 bar combinations. It's always yeah. hard trying to find one of these that Garrett hasn't already done. <laughs> it's, always, it's always fun trying to play with the trick and be like, I, I think this might, might this be. Before, but you might not put it up. Yeah, maybe. I haven't seen this trick ever. And it's like a nollie to over, over pegs. Yeah. And then, and then cab opposite bar spinning the wrong way for that so good dude i love it thanks shout and out then, to julian artiega back in the day he did uh like a crook nollie to feeble 180 on an out rail type setup okay and that yeah. always blew my mind so i always i don't know it's a little easier to do crook nollie pegs and yeah eventually i figured out how to do a fakie 
I still turned into that. It's something as subtle because like when you watch the video, you know, you're just going through it full speed. You don't really realize like it's a nolly. Ah, you, maybe you do. You got to have a keen eye. Your writing is so <laughs> tech that you can just watch the clips over and over again. I think I already did that. Anyway. So, I, know, I almost feel bad sometimes. I feel like I'm a hard person to appreciate if you're like a casual BMX watcher. Probably yeah, like the layman is just like, oh, neat. He did a trick and then a rail, you know, like they right. don't appreciate. I feel that way <laughs> with uh, skateboarding. Like I, I feel ignorant seeing some super tech skating and I'm just like, I, yeah, it looks kind of all the same to me. But like you know, people, people know. So did you have to work for this one? God. Oh, yeah. This one took me quite a long time. And uh, this is one of those uh, I'm an example where my standards are just super high. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen anyone do bar switch crook in the streets before. And uh, yeah, I ended up doing like bar switch crook 180 a ton of times. Randomly did bar switch crook 180 bar one of the times. But I love trying to take something that no one's ever done before and then adding another layer on top of it. Shoot. It's like, you know, someone's going to catch the, the bar crook tricks, but... You're gonna have to tail up out if you wanna. And yeah. honestly, like the way the way you landed it, where it's like clearly difficult, you know, and you swerve right away, it makes it so much better. <laughs> like you landing it like this makes it so much better than if you like landed, you know, textbook perfectly without the swerve. Like, <laughs> right. oh, it's so good, dude. But yeah, that, that is... was a satisfying one. Just doing the bar switch crook is super scary, and you can tell I did it on like the very last chunk of the rail, so I didn't get in it and then slip out. Yeah. So it was like immediately as soon as I felt the pegs on it, starting the tail whip. Sheesh. Can't even relate in the least bit. Never <laughs> never even done a switch crook. Okay, here it is. <laughs> this is the one. Oh. Yeah, that one was super, super gratifying. But uh, I don't know. I take pride in my patience trying this shit. And if I get mad at the trick, then it, like I already feel like I lost. And unfortunately, this is one of them where I got mad. I was ready to throw my bike and shit. I'm not proud of it. But. <laughs> Very rare. <laughs> but it happens to the best of us. Do you think um, that's an, I love that idea of um, like a, being able to try something for a long time without getting mad and just controlling and staying focused. Do you think your Kendama career has helped with that mentality? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to get, get mad at your bike. I mean, you're, you're on this metal object, you're flying through space doing crazy shit and it hurts and it's full of fear and pain. Yeah. So yeah, it's easy to get mad at it. And it's like, this is my job. So yeah, obviously it's like, oh, I gotta, you know, or my paycheck, I gotta do this crazy shit. I don't want to do this. It's so hard. <laughs> but then, uh, but yeah, it's like, how are you, how are you going to get mad at a piece of wood? Yeah. You know, and it's, I'm the same way. I love doing the hardest possible thing I could try. Yeah. And then landing it back into like a super hard stall balance, you know, kind of trick. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you look like a fucking dork if you're throwing a condom and getting all pissed off. And it just like, it translates, yeah, a little <laughs> th baby throwing a tantrum. Fuck this piece of wood. That's part of the kendama like allure, I think, is just how frustrating it is. It looks fun <laughs> when you see somebody doing it really well, and then you try it and you can't even get it on the stick once. And you're like, you got to start practicing breathing and just patience and doing <laughs> right. the same thing over and over again and getting it dialed. Like learning kendama was very fun and, uh, pretty rewarding part of uh part of the old the old life i don't do it that much anymore but that's dope so tell me about this uh how why is this hard i mean that's that's like a sounds good <laughs> question but explain you know why this is a difficult trick yeah so the nolly half cab bar in general is just like super difficult and uh i believe i was one of the first first people to ever do that one as well uh I want to say I was the first, but I don't know. Somebody might have done it first uh, before me. But um, yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, you come up with something new, then you want to just add layers and layers on top of it. 
Yeah. And, uh, this is one of those tricks that I knew was possible, but just, you know, super confusing to try. Uh, obviously, you have to get in the right spin into the 180 or the right uh, 180 into the Smith. As soon as you're in it, you have to, you know, spot your front wheel and be like turning your wheel at the same time to make sure you get the nollie cab. And yeah. Somehow you have to like pop off of the nollie to get space for the bars while still spinning all the way around to land properly. And it's just super confusing because you feel like you're throwing your bar spin and you have no time in the air at all. Physically, there's yeah. no pop at all. Yeah. You kind of just have to throw it before you know if you're in the right spot or not, which is never a good feeling. It always feels like you're going to die. But yeah, you're not really like you're using the momentum from the 180 into the Smith. It feels like, or like from the pulling up, you're just using that momentum. There's no extra pop from like going into the nose bonk and then you're right. It's just falling off of the ledge and throwing the bars. So you said that took like three hours? Not three hours, no, but it was yeah, probably at least an hour. Yeah. But, uh, Worth yeah, it. the one just got me pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. It irks me to this day that I got mad at it, but whatever. That's what happens when you try new shit. How's this man's doing? Jared Duncan. Jared? Yeah. Oh, he's doing great. He's still shredding. He can do every trick in the world on the fly out. It's pretty fun riding house park with him. He has such a unique style, dude. I, I love I love watching him ride. Absolutely. Right. Who else is here in the background? Bunch of boys. I don't know. Matt Norstrom pulled up at one point. Had a bunch of Austin locals. Sick. All kinds of people were coming through. Hard to remember. There's always a fun squad when we're out pedaling downtown out there. This is a lot. <clears throat> yeah, this was a confusing one. I initially was just playing with like 180 Smith, Cab Bar to Manual. And then I was like, oh man, I think I can land an X up. I think I got to try that shit. And then that um, makes sense if you're messing up and you're landing in manual, but you have time to set it down. Okay, that's sick. And then yeah. how do you decide what trick to do out of the X up ride? <laughs> Initially, I did a 360, and then I was just looking it back like, oh, I got a tail up out of it. I have to. Uh, and yeah, that was a really weird one because I never tried an X up whip off of a drop before. And obviously, it's not like a big drop or anything, but uh, it's just a weird trick. And I'm not used to having time when I do it. It's usually like, you know, you unlock the X up and spin it immediately as quick as you can. Yeah. And it's just weird having to drop and it was slightly downhill. So yeah, it's just a confusing one. That one took a minute. Fucking impressive. Man. You can tell the whip is like on a weird axis as well. It doesn't look like a normal tail whip. Tell me the story behind this clip. <laughs> I think this is that five hit. Uh, yeah, I don't know. One of the first days we were there. Fighting stance. Uh, you want these yeah. hands, bro? Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of which, uh, I've been doing mixed martial arts with uh, my older brother for almost like three years now. Sick. He converted his, his garage into a little dojo. And yeah, we're in there every weekend doing drills. We're doing jiu-jitsu. We're doing wrestling. We're doing Muay Thai, MMA. Sick. Good for you, man. Yeah, it's He's doing everything. Kendama, jiu-jitsu, and BMX are all extremely difficult disciplines to get good at. What I mean, you said you've been doing uh, MMA for three years? Around then, yeah. And it's really just been us training together. Obviously, we're not like doing super high level shit, but we're, yeah. you know, we take it seriously. We study fights all the time. And yeah, we're in there taking it seriously. You said it's uh, you and your brother? Yeah, it's pretty cool. We're pretty much How, just teaching Are you each the other. older brother or the younger brother? Uh, I'm the youngest. Uh, and yeah, How he's probably like three, four years older than me. How many siblings you got? Uh, I got two. Nice. Two older brothers. What's it like being the youngest out of the out of the squad and what did what did what do they do are, are they looking at you like man johnny's better than us at everything <laughs> little whiz kid no uh i'm just kidding i don't know being the fucking uh thing everyone takes their anger out on <laughs> just being <laughs> bullied constantly bag. as yeah. a child yeah absolutely 
and that's probably why I was so quiet as a kid. And you know, the first time I was around Gary Rollin, but it just like didn't know how to talk in general. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely driven me a lot to, you know, really become something nice. That's dope. Google's it's interesting. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, no. you, one bully, of my really you cool. bully bros. <laughs> yeah, the one I trained MMA with is, you know, probably my best friend. That's awesome. And That's uh, yeah, that training together really changes our relationship a lot. And it's cool to be, you know, in the gym, pounding on the person that, you know, bullied you your entire life. Yes, and for yet real. we do it with, you know, love and respect when they're just That's... getting better, sharpening our tools. And That's it's, great. Yeah, it's a funny kind of full circle healing when I'm, you know, on his back and he yeah, can't for get up or some shit. He's exhausted or something. You're getting flashbacks to like being five years old and getting beat up unofficially <laughs> and now you're taking your revenge out. <laughs> Hilarious. That no, it's awesome. all fun in there. But uh I don't know, it's fun to see how the styles clash. He's a little bit taller, he's a little bit thinner, but he's yeah, real lean and uh I don't know, our fighting styles are different. He's got super strong hands, real good kicks, he's real good off his back with his chokes. But I would say I probably have the better gas tank. That's probably like my only real advantage. <laughs> yeah. And those so, hands. Uh, and you got the yeah. hands, dude. Yeah. It's the and interesting the, thing the about core jiu-jitsu. From BMX. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Core strength from BMX and just yeah. being out there. Um, that What I was going to say is the interesting thing about jiu-jitsu is you could be a tiny, scrawny dude. And as long as you know the moves, like you can you can take down a, a big, big, big guy with that. You know, it's all just knowing 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 the moves knowing what's happening i that's one yeah, thing that I, i'd like to get into but haven't taken the the time to get started with jujitsu yeah i'd highly suggest it i think martial arts are super important for everyone to try regardless of who you are but uh, yeah it's no kind of it's a different kind of discipline and it's so primal like it feels so right when you're learning how to defend yourself and when you you know sync up a choke on somebody and they can't get out I believe that, you know, yeah. A special kind of human feeling that you can't get any other way. For real. Primal. It's kind of like, I don't know, it probably taps into the same things as like cooking. Like cooking feels primal. You're sitting by a fire. Mm-hmm. feels like you're tapping into like your ancestral shit. And so I'm sure like combat is definitely ingrained in our DNA. Um, 100%. <clears throat> I had a question. It was going to be. <laughs> uh, it was a Oh, have you ever, were you ever in fights in school? Like, yeah. Were you ever in a fight um, just growing up? Not a lot. No, the only real one I would say I had was probably at the skate park one time. It was pretty funny. I was a teenager for sure. And uh, there was just this drunk dude at the park who was messing with everyone all night. And eventually, uh, I don't know, one of us was like, get out of here, you fucking lurker. He's like, I'm not a lurker. And goes and grabs his bike and like, you know, throws it in our direction and it hits me. So like, whatever, someone's got to do it. Yeah. You know, I run over and I throw a punch. I'm pretty sure I land one. He lands one. I land another. And then he kind of like turns his back a little bit and like stumbles down a bank and tries to run away. And <laughs> one of my big homies starts chasing after him and uh, chases him up a bank and like gets an arm around his waist. And as he's getting his waist, he's almost like tripping. So he turns that into like a suplex and straight up like damn <laughs> belly to back suplexes this dude in his head and like knocks him unconscious on the skate park oh, floor. Shit. Shouldn't have fucked with the boys, dude. <laughs> Yeah. There's always some characters at skate parks like late at night, especially sketchy areas, like a just drunk dude comes in and starts talking shit. There's so many skate park fight clips that I've seen online. Yeah. Well, you always get some weird characters. You've yeah, been tip in... for everyone. Don't ever fight anyone when they got six friends right next to them. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Bad option. I I suppose the dude was pretty wasted and didn't uh didn't really consider his, no. his odds. 
it was pretty bad too as soon as that happened we're all like all right well we need to leave and we're yeah. all packing our shit up and this dude comes the life again and is walking over and still talking shit and one of his <laughs> friends who was there initially with him hanging out was like trying to restrain him yeah and then like, dude, the dude it. keeps talking shit and then i remember it's like the most hilarious cartoonish slow motion punch ever this dude's like i got a sleeper right here <laughs> they keep going back and forth and all of a sudden it's just <laughs> the slowest <laughs> overhand that you've ever seen in your life and it just connects so perfectly and puts them out again it's unbelievable bad night for that guy yeah dude I hope he's doing okay being wasted will do that to you we had uh during filming lightworks there was a we were filming at a spot that was like out back of a sports bar and it was a uh, two in the morning or one in the morning whatever <laughs> and a drunk dude just kept like encroaching on us and talking shit and calling calling us out and then we ended up like it was it was me and five people and uh, i forget <laughs> who we just we didn't even kick his ass we just picked him up like we physically restrained him because he was so drunk he was just all over the place and we just picked him up and we went over to a dumpster that had like a bunch of card <laughs> cardboard in it and just gently laid him in the trash and left him there <laughs> like sleep it off buddy it was so fucking it was wild that's respectable yeah. good job that's funny <laughs> i the somebody was carrying him and i went over because like you could if you throw somebody in an empty dumpster you could fuck him up so i was i went over <laughs> and made sure that it was like safe because it, it's a weird weird balance of like okay fuck this guy but also we don't need to like <laughs> severely hurt him 100%. So we put him in a dumpster and then i'm sure he uh woke up the next morning like wait was i in a dumpster last night dude but uh yeah you would teach you a lesson yeah, for real <laughs> You've definitely oh. been in you've been in more fights than I have. I've never been in a fight in my life. That's which is why I want to do jujitsu, because if something comes up and you know, like everybody's I gotta protect somebody or mm -hmm. know, protect myself, I would like to know. Um, yeah, I think it's vital to know, especially just everyday scenarios. You know, you're out with a girl, you're on a date, and yeah, you never know what's gonna pop off. And if you've never been in that scenario, you're gonna have a slight little bit of fear or some shit in that. hundred uh, percent. That can be detrimental. I have just no idea what how to defend or yourself will be. or yeah <laughs> and you you hone that in the gym when you're training so it's it's really cool and it's really powerful to know that you can defend you know your loved ones you can defend yourself yeah you can you know put it on someone if you need to or obviously I can defend myself and just you know get someone on the ground and put them in a position where they can't get up That's so you know, dope. then what are you gonna do <laughs> how did it start for you was it just with your brother or did you like go to a gym and uh take a class to start like what what should I do well, I, I think I should go to a proper gym and get, you know, I don't, I don't know. What, what do you do to get into jujitsu? Um, I mean, I would suggest, yeah, go to a gym, but uh, I personally never did. It was literally just me and my brother being fans of MMA and being curious and uh, just wanted to figure it out ourselves. And then uh, got a pair of gloves. We got a pair of pads. We just started learning how to throw punches, started learning a lot of combos, started Sick. learning kicks, started playing with, you know, wrestling, started doing jujitsu mixing it all together and uh yeah i don't know for us the formula was you know find a homie who's just as down as you are and start learning start figuring stuff out start studying fights dude but, that's uh, awesome yeah for the average person i would say yeah just go to a gym obviously it's hard to find a homie like that yeah but uh yeah there's usually a gym in every city i have never been to one personally and i've been wanting to but never uh, been that's wild <laughs> it's just yeah. me and my brother honing shit together yeah you built your own you'll probably own one in the future and you've never been to one <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. But yeah, it can be intimidating, obviously, going and rolling with a bunch of people. So I'm excited to to break the ice. And I got a couple tools of my own going in there now. So it's not like I'm just going in there not knowing anything. So That's it dope. should be fun. Well, uh, bring your gi. Do you have a gi? 
No, we do like nogi stuff, but we just wear like rash guards stuff to where we don't, uh, you know, scuff each other up like crazy. Yeah. Uh, What's the biggest? See my neck's all scraped up from. Oh yeah. Training. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> from being Fighting a off headlock. Yeah. yeah, you know it. <laughs> Shit. <clears throat> well, speaking of getting into stuff, let's uh, talk about the kendama journey because um, yeah. you're you're incredible at that. How did you start? Was it because of Reed Stark? Because yep, you know it. Yeah, me too. Reed Hell is yeah. the the kendama lord, and he absolutely blessed everybody. What's uh? It's like kendama connects worlds, and Reed is absolutely leading the charge of doing that. Just put on a 100%. whole sport, whole action sport, fucking community in general onto it. It's pretty incredible. It is. Uh, so were you just hooked from the beginning? Like, tell me about you know. Yeah, it was another one of those things that's pretty surreal when you look at it full full circle. Uh, you know, Garrett was the first BMX video I ever saw, and now he's my boss, one of my good friends. And then uh, in the same way, um, I was in Simple Session in Estonia, I think it was 2019. And um, yeah, Reed Stark was there, and uh, Cooper Eddy, who's a professional condom player, who's from Washington as well. Yeah. But they were both there, and they, you know, gave me my first Dama. And uh, yeah, I just fell in love with the learning process. It's very similar to BMX, except it's you know, without all the pain and fear and all that. <laughs> Dude, the so, pain. The pain of BMX is so yeah. real. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a similar learning process. It doesn't yeah. need as much, obviously, because you don't have the danger and fear involved. So it's not like you get that crazy high, but yeah. it's just the same learning process. It's the same way to figure out all the tricks. So it's That's super true. addicting. When he first showed it to you, did he do the thing where you spin the ball and then help you get it on the spike? I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. I let, like you can take a random stranger, spin the ball, and then tell them to pull it up and land it on the spike. And since it's spinning, the hole stays on the bottom and it's easy and you go, yeah, yeah. and everybody gets stoked. Like I love it's it. A, it's a magical moment when you like get somebody, you know, in. They're like, Oh, I get it now. Like that felt so good. Absolutely. It's such a fun part of Kandama, always showing people their first first spike and showing them that it's possible. Cause so many of them are like, what? Get on the spike? That's impossible. What do you mean? Yeah. And then they get their minds blown because they do something that they didn't think was possible. Yeah. And uh, exactly. it's pretty cool. Kandama is so small. It's almost like, a, you know, we're like ambassadors of the sport almost. It's like a, a duty for us to, anytime someone gets curious about it, like, oh, yeah, you want to try? Yeah. And uh, yeah, showing people how to play and give them the first spike is a, a great feeling. It's cool to s- spread the joy. I'm super grateful you sent me one of these when they came out and yes, very appreciative of that. It's uh it's in the other room. Let's uh let's I mean how does how does one get a you know signature kendama that's so dope? And did you design it? Did you like help design it? What's the what's what's suites like? Have you been to their headquarters? Tell me about all that. I haven't been to the headquarters yet. Uh I'm excited to though. It looks like a really cool facility and uh I don't know, it's just one of those things where I really the night I knew the right people and uh I don't know, Reed, because Reed has seen how into Kandama I am. He sees how seriously I take it. He sees how, uh, you know, how much fun I have with it. And, Dedicated, uh, yeah. So, yeah, they offered to give me my own, and they gave me pretty much complete creative freedom to do what I wanted with it, which was pretty incredible. And uh, I went with Sacred Geometry as, like, the main theme. Love uh, that. Yeah, I had a ton of fun designing it. It's kind of hard to decide on what to do because there's so many different ways you can go about it. Yeah, but, for uh, real. I picked some colors I thought looked good, white and gold and black. Some Classic, wood. can't go wrong, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, I was kind of worried that I was asking for too much because I put a ton of engravings on the can um, and just had, yeah, I don't know, a bunch of ideas and they, they were very gracious and let me do whatever I wanted with it pretty much. That's sick. How much yeah. are they and how can people get them? Yeah, I think uh, they have two different paint finishes. This one's like a sticky clear. This one's a 
cushion clear just like a soft rubbery type this one's like 60 bucks i believe and this one's 40 i want to say so and, do uh, the pros use the 60 dollar one is that the soft uh, soft is better okay just, just preference really yeah. yeah they're different in their own right but and i interrupted what you said sweetskindamas.com sweetskindamas.com that's where to find them and oh. i just restocked this one they sell out pretty fast if you want one hop on now hell yeah gonna last long <laughs> is there a uh, johnny promo code or no uh not that i know of now okay or it, it directly helps me and it helps me a lot and it provided me a flight to austin which i true yeah you that video so if you want to yeah. see more footy keep buying them <laughs> <laughs> support johnny by a kendama that's dope yes, sir and something clicked when you just said that because you said engravings on the ken and i was like hold on is that what kendama means can't stick and ball is ken stick and dama is ball <clears throat> yeah uh the ball is tama in japanese and ken in japanese is sword so it's like ball and sword sword huh. toy. dope that's fucking yeah. awesome for something so simple the possibilities are like seemingly endless when i was getting into it and just learning sim simple the bird was a very right. hard thing to learn but like when you look at pros it's like oh my god like this like you watch google what's something that if if uh what's a trick that somebody could search on youtube and they'd be like if they're just getting into kendama what do they search on youtube and like what's yeah what what's the what's your most <laughs> mind-blowing shit that you've seen the first thing coming to mind is a trick called a tie rope uh shout out cooper eddie he's one of the first people to you know make variations of them and he's the guy i was talking about who's from washington um it's a trick where you start off with like your finger pinching the string and your hand holding the ball and then they swing the Kent up and balance the spike on the string and will literally, you know, with no hands be balancing it on there. And then they'll like find a way to juggle it off and spike it. Unbelievable. I do not understand it in the slightest. Have you tried it? It's incredible. People. Yeah. Fakely. And you know, you can like yeah. fakely tap it on the right spot and be like, Oh wow. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> unbelievable. To hold it there it seems, like. seems unreal. Incredible. <laughs> And it's so funny. I'm, it's so fun learning Kendama tricks and thinking like, oh, I might be on to something new here. I, like, I wonder if people ever do this. Yeah. And you go on Instagram, you'll see like some 13-year-old girl do like 13 more layers added onto the thing you thought was new. <laughs> it's so humbling. It's so cool to see. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it is infinitely possible. Like, and with, I think it's so interesting how with the internet and Instagram and YouTube, like just beginning something you can see what's possible like the the fact that you're so good has a lot to do with the fact that the internet came around and you got to see garrett reynolds like when you were young and like fresh your brains like learning everything and you got mm -hmm. dedicated and you saw what was possible and then you're even taking that further and now people are going to see what you can do and they're 12 years old and then they're like that one um young i think he's japanese kid uh yeah sasuke yeah, he's so good and he's he's, <laughs> he's however he's however many years old and he's like already doing like swaggy full cab bars and like half cabs down big sets and stuff and right. it's just like dude the future is going to be so sick. Um Ice Hard when he's on ledges and shit. I can't Yeah, do dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. Ice Hard when you can't do, huh? So you are human. So you're so you're not a robot. <laughs> what other, what other what other shit can't you do that you uh wish you could? I mean, crank arms are always a big one, but I've been slowly chipping away at those. Um, are you doing them where you're only on the crank arm? Or are you locking in with the pedal? Like, uh, I think there's a little, like yeah, a little bit of a lock in there. It's like a pedal crank pinch yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah. But I don't know. Once I realized that two crank 180s were fun as hell, I stopped kind of going straight with the crank arms and just started doing those. Sick. So I don't do know you think that's tooth, one I got to chip away at more. 
you think tooth crank is easier than just straight crank uh for me yeah but it just works so well like pops you out with the 180 so well that yeah it just seems so natural you know, with about, the crank, there's just like a lot of mess ups you can do and get caught up really it's easily. such a small balance point that it's like it's pretty spooky like ethan yeah makes it look just casual and fun and it's just like what you know that balance point yeah. is tiny it's so fun riding with him because he'll you know approach a rail and he's not gonna you know for us we're like oh that's a cool rail maybe i'll double peg it yeah. like his crank arm is like his double peg like he would rather so crazy, crank yeah. him dope, like, out <laughs> so unreal. it seems like on the outside at least and he's just nice. mastered bailing it like i watched him i've seen him do a couple in person down some decent rails and i'm like dude that's unbelievable and he just gets out of it like nobody's business um crazy what other tricks are you working on there that you can't do hmm. i'm not very good at nose manuals i do so many nose bong tricks but like i can't hold a nose manual to save my life for more than like 10 feet probably that's a tough one dude they, people, tough, yeah. Like everybody makes it look them. so easy. <laughs> I had them, but then if you stop doing them every day, they go away. If I, yeah. I get locked into a nose manual mode, like if I'm going to go ride, I was at, I was just at the skate park a couple of weeks ago or I don't know how long ago. And I'm messing around, riding everything, doing, you know, one eighties, jibbing around manuals. And then I'm, I'm cautious nowadays of getting locked into this like nose manual, like black hole because then <laughs> all of a sudden everything disappears from around and i'm just going in a circle trying to nose manual a pad and it just never 100%. ends dude it's it's probably the most addicting trick that because the feeling of like locking into a good one and holding it is so good because it's like oh yeah right it's another one of it's those balance points such a delicate balance point it feels so surreal anytime it works you see uh courage's 180 bar spin to fakey nose manual all the way around like so crazy <laughs> silly is right dude it's does, it doesn't even seem real have you gotten a ride with him uh i think um i think we wrote a contest one time i think we wrote a simple session but i don't know if i've ever really got to just like kick it and have a session jib around yeah he's one of my favorites to watch though he's i can't fun. understand the nose manual shit so to see someone do it backwards like that with a bar spin is just yeah dude amazing. Like just doing it, just if even if you just 180 and then lift it up into it, it's still super impressive. <laughs> but sure. it's a 180 bar and land in it and then keep that's the other thing is like the the trend or not the trend, but the a lot of people I think Chad was one of the first people I saw doing it, but just to half cab into a manual and keep it straight is so fucking difficult. Like I don't understand the like physics behind it. And people are taking that to the next level. You got those where you can half cab and go into a straight manual? Kinda. If I worked hard enough for it, I'm sure, yeah. It's but I mean, there's weird... people out there like Devin Smiley and Jacob Cable who can just do that shit on lock and make it yeah. look easy. It's and incredible. then go the other way too. Like De Devin can 180 into a backwards manual, go straight, <laughs> and then Indian out of the backwards manual. And that was one of those tricks when I was like younger and really in it. I was like, I think that might be possible. And I tried it for you know months, and I was no progress whatsoever. And I'm like, it's it's got to be physically impossible. <laughs> and then nowadays, everybody's everybody's on it. Those are it some of my favorite tricks to see. I love the crazy balance. Yeah. Numbers. Do you know, um, I think it's Renato. Um, do you know Renato from overseas? He does, he's a backwards manual lord. He can. Mm, not that I know of. I might recognize I it know. if I saw it, but I want to get his I'm name. Bad right. names. Renato. Yeah, it's Renato Ranko. I'll, I'll send you his profile right now. Um, he's so good, dude. I'm going to send it to you. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, I feel like I'm out of the loop. I don't keep up with shit enough. I don't know who's up and coming and killing it. Yeah, that that's one of the questions I, w- I was going to ask you, man. You're out of the loop, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what about in Washington? Like, who's who's around you in Washington that you're excited about or, you know, that I should know about? Mm, I don't know. There's uh, My scene is super small. Um, I ride with, like, three homies. We got Hayden Duncan. We got Brandon Miller, Walter Martinez. Those are my guys. So I, just a little squad out here. But yeah, it's just us where, where I'm at in my part of the state. But then uh, if you go northwest in like Seattle area, there's some rippers over there. Like John Nelson, I think he writes for Fit. Yeah. He's one of the Washington boys yeah. to look out for. But other than that, I, I really don't know. Obviously Hoder, but yeah, <laughs> everyone knows him. Hoder's a gangster. Uh, yeah, yeah. So what's it like hanging out with your three homies? Like, do you guys go to the skate park? Are you guys working on a you know a video project at all or is it uh, all for the gram and what's like just bust out phones do any is any of you a filmer because every crew needs a little filmer guy you know yeah uh we all film each other and shit but no there's no like one filmer and these are just dudes who enjoy riding for fun it's just the, you know their hobby the thing they you know unwind with the thing that they gets them out of the house and yeah shit like that but uh Little homie Hayden's been getting after it more. I've been trying to show him the ropes, take him on road trips, trying to show him what it's like to find a spot, what it's like to, you know, drive around to a new city that you've never been before and, you know, scrape every little alleyway until so you find something and document it all and yeah, do all that shit. So it's fun. What's your favorite part of the whole process of just BMX street riding in general? I think just being out in general, just exploring cities. It's such a cool way to see a city. It's the best. So funny to, so funny to hear what other people do on trips because it's like, Oh, you're going to touristy shit. Like I was just in Paris. I didn't even see the Eiffel Tower. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? But I think it's such a cool way to see a city when you're, you know, I don't know what the Eiffel Tower looks like, but I know what the, you know, the alleyways of Paris feels like little cuts. And, you know, you get to see what like the homeless people are like, and you just get such a different vibe of the city than you would driving around or just going to touristy shit. It's something special about that, man. Seeing the vibe of a city, seeing what people are doing, people watching. I think I'd agree, dude. Just like pedaling around a city where I lose sense of direction. I don't know where north, south is, but it's just like pedaling, exploring, and just like looking. It's every 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 turn that you make, it's a whole new world. And I don't know, there's something magical about that. Um, Absolutely. On, on that tip, what what's been your favorite city to ride in? Not counting international trips, we already know you love them, but <laughs> here. Uh... Yeah, obviously the, there's Barcelona and Leon or two that come to mind. But yeah, in the States, I'd probably say uh, like Philly, New York area. But I think that's the best time I've had being able to just purely, you know, leave the crib, go pedal, find shit to ride. Yeah. I'd say that's probably the best in America that I've experienced. Ah, man, dude, I'm I'm bailing on a trip. <clears throat> Clay and Robbie are going to New York City on April 6th. And I'm, I was like Damn. about to go, but work shit came up and I really want to pedal around New York so bad. I went there for work and just walked around like Manhattan or something. And I was just like, spot, spot, spot. It's so sick, dude. And Amazing. just to be able to cruise and pedal through traffic would be so fun. Absolutely. It's a cool culture up, in general. Yeah. Link up with like Billy and the boys and. I don't know. New York's got a pretty cool scene right now. I think Beacon lives there right now, right? I have no idea. That's really Bra- cool though. Brandon Seems like Beacon. a fun place to live. Who's, uh, you know, who do you consider, you know, your close friends in the BMX industry? My close friends? Um, Besides I love me. everyone in the industry. I don't, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think I've really made any enemies in the sport yet. I hope not. Um, no shot. Nobody. People that I'm close yeah. with. I don't know. The first people that come to mind are, you know, Justin Spree, uh, 
Yes. Love Justin. Again, Lewis is one of my favorite people to kick it with. Uh, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank right now. I'm, you know, I love the whole community. Everyone's so fun to kick it with. Uh, everyone's Those got two are perfect. Riding. I don't know. Two, two of the best personalities gang. in BMX is Justin. If you ride BMX, Blue. I want to be your friend. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's what's up. Cool in my book. Um, yeah, Lewis is, let's talk about Lewis Mills. Cause I, I, I got to meet him and I was so stoked. Cause like we've, you know, talked on the internet before, but I met him one of my last trips out to Cali and just like instantly, I was just like, I fucking love this guy. He's taller yeah. than I thought he would be. He's so <laughs> sweet and so nice and always laughing and smiling. And like I gave him a hug. I took a selfie and he kissed me on the cheek. I was like, I fucking <laughs> love this guy, dude. So, so goofy. Same with Justin oh, yeah. Spree, fun, just goofball. Um, but I was going to say like, What's it like being on a trip with Lou? Tell tell the audience, you know, what Lewis Mills is like being around. Uh, he's a man. Uh, it's super fun. I think, uh, I don't know. I think it's really special to be two of the only writers to ever be put on Fiend Pro that aren't in their initial, you know, friend group or whatever. True, huh? There's the OGs yeah. of Fiend, and we're the only two, I think, that have ever reached the pro ranks that aren't from that OG group. Damn. And so, That's yeah, something. I don't know. It's a lot of... Uh, a lot of responsibility on our backs and a lot of weight to carry, but I think it pushes us to, you know, the extent that you see today. That's why our riding is so whatever. That's why yeah. it is what it is. Cause we hold ourselves to that standard and you know, it's just a fiend standard. It's not like any other standard out there in my opinion. So For real. Uh, I don't know if it's competitive, but we're definitely put, pushing each other constantly. And that's dope. I don't know if it's competitive on the surface, but like deep down, I think we're all competing for the same spot. We're all trying to, you know, carry on that legacy that Garrett, bestowed on us pretty much so that's real that's legit yeah and uh it's pretty cool full full circle thing to mention also is uh i'm pretty sure his first time coming to america to ride was he was staying with sauce on that same summer i was staying with sauce and so i'm pretty sure lewis is like first time really riding street in america was with me with sauce sick dude you know fast forward now and we're you know the two dudes on fiend it's pretty cool small world that's amazing how it happens So elaborate on pushing each other. What does that look like in practice? I think it's just feeding off everyone pushing themselves. Uh, you know, just the standard we hold ourselves to is so high when we're working on a theme project. And uh, it's just it's just in the air. We just know that we're yeah, you know, it's like trying to do some special shit. Yeah. We're trying to, you know, carry a lineage that we care deeply about. And so just an understanding that we need to bring the best out of each other and bring the best out of ourselves and yeah. you know, just get down however we can. Do you guys, so like, I, I love both elements of being with a crew that you can just like be encouraging and positive and say really nice things like you got this bro, you know, you're the best. But I also really love talking shit in a really, <laughs> like if it comes from the, a good place in the heart of just like you suck dude you don't have this. right and that, that's that's my favorite like that that type yeah. of shit talk is that is that the vibe or is it general positivity like what what do you prefer if somebody's like at a spot with you you actually i've seen you you just get locked into the zone there's no real talking to you like you're kind of zeroed in um yeah it takes me a lot to find that focus but um yeah, I'm super concentrated when I'm in there. And what I described sound like super heavy. It's not like we're sitting around like, oh, we gotta be the fucking <laughs> no, the I people's didn't generation. Take it as heavy, but it's very really. it's yeah. very lighthearted and we're having fun. We're yeah. fucking with each other. It's always poking fun. Of course. Uh but yeah, in terms of like the best shit talkers out there, I think Sauce is the best at that. 100%. I've never had someone who just makes me laugh more and just yeah. makes you like 
believe in yourself in a way that's hilarious because it was like the fuck you're doing dude throw the bar spin like it's gonna work what do you mean you're scared or just like so like that it's so funny and so blunt and so honest that it's just like uh you know what yeah you're right all right i'm gonna throw the shit fuck you (laughs) (laughs) exactly it's like i i can do it fuck you you're right there's something magical about sauce man and he's put that energy into uh real estate investing now which is super dope to see him succeed in that and so yeah Sauce is balling. If you anybody in BMX needs to borrow money, hit up Sauce the Boss. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's been a few uh, heads throughout my career that have, you know, uh, uh, just did so much for me that I, you know, can't think of them enough for. And Sauce was, I think, the first person who ever really filmed like a, a real project with and let me stay in his couch for three whole months. Yeah, and, uh, dude, that's a know, long time. Showed me around months. every single day. Drove Sick. around all of california to film a video and it's just down as fuck with the whole process kind of so, yeah, without put you on him, to the I next level yeah where i am today who else has uh <clears throat> helps like that it's definitely jj palmier to mention uh he's a good you one he's JJ. the first person to reach out from fiend and uh he's inspired me a lot to you know be smart with how you take care of yourself early on in the career yeah so you know i've been trying to be health conscious and um just careful about you know what I do with myself in terms of, uh, you know, risk reward of trying tricks and shit like that. Yeah. And, uh, who else? Obviously Garrett, I mean, he's taken me under his wing since I was a teenager, taking yeah. me all over the world and, uh, so you dope. Know, being able to see that filming process and see how he processes tricks and does all that shit and being able to just bounce trick ideas off with him, is, you know, priceless. Uh, yeah. I can't Tony even imagine. Ennis. Tony Ennis is one of my favorite people in the game. One of so my best chill. friends. Yeah. Uh, you know, the wealth of knowledge that you get from just observing those two do their thing is incredible. Yeah. And uh, they're so fun to just watch and absorb all that. What's it like uh, filming with Tony? That's amazing. Like uh, sometimes you're filming people and you just have a slight bit of doubt. They're like, are they, do they have the angle right? Do they know what they're doing with this? Are they messing with the zoom? Are they going to miss the button? You know, all these yeah. little things can, it's so easy to break your focus. It's so easy to, you know, notice the tiniest little quirk and it throw you off and to, you know, set your focus back a whole nother 30 minutes or some bullshit. Uh, yeah. And with him, it's just complete trust. And I never once have to question whether or not he's, you know, seeing the trick in the right way or yep. getting the proper angle or if he's making the right decision to use long or fish or any of that. It's just like complete trust. And it allows me to do what I do and stay as focused as I possibly can without ever having to doubt whether or not he's going to capture it right. That's so dope. And just to know that this motherfucker is pointing the camera at Garrett Reynolds for all the craziest tricks in the world. Yeah, dude. Like, yeah. It just makes you like, I value his time so much. Like, if this motherfucker's pointing the camera at me. I'm going to do some shit. I'm going to make sure this, this, this counts because I don't know. He's seen it all. He's filmed Harrington, filmed Ty, filmed Mira, yes, filmed Nyquist, everybody. For it's real. incredible. What, what's his early work? End Search. Um, and I'm blanking on another one that he did with the VX. Am I, tri- am I tripping? He's done multiple. <clears throat> Multiple full lengths with the VX in North yeah. Carolina, right? Like there's N yeah. search and then is there another one? Mm, Sorry, Tony, if you're listening. That's the, <laughs> that's yeah, the that's, earliest like full length that I know of. But yeah, he's definitely had, he's been filming all kinds of stuff. He's told me he's filmed fights before, he's filmed all kinds of random shit. But fights? Yeah, that's like, the earliest one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's dope. I think randomly it came up in conversation, like, yo, I'll be so sick to film fights. You ever done anything like that? He's yeah. Like, oh yeah, I filmed a bunch of funny shit. It's it like, funny to hear. Uh street fights or like a organized fight i think yeah like an mma fight a sanctioned fight sick 
and it's just so fun listening to him tell stories about like North Carolina and stuff. He's just been he's seen so many generations of BMX. He's kicked it with Josh yeah. Harrington and Dave Mira, and obviously he's filmed almost everything Garrett's ever done. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, it means a lot to have him point the camera at me. It's really it's cool. Amazing. I'm dude. I can't say it enough. I'm so excited for <laughs> if if a fiend video comes out sometime <laughs> sometime this year. I'm very 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 fucking excited for that. And Tony, like he just, I think there is it's art so there's no right or wrong way but for showing off what a trick should look like or to like emphasize the difficulty of a trick there is a right way to film some tricks and he nails it all the time the absolutely the, and then the the whole style of fiend that you know you you guys have created with the i don't know the music is a big part of the vibe the the way tony films and the b-roll of the super eight or whatever that is um it's just a certain style, dude. That is, it is its own thing, and everybody's kind of copying that that formula. <laughs> that formula, like yeah. they, they set the they set the standard. I think it's really cool to see, in the same way that Garrett has set the standard and written the playbook on what BMX street riding is. In my opinion, I think Tony's done the same exact thing with filming. Yeah, big time. it makes sense because they go hand in hand. Uh, and yeah, I think they're two of the best at what they do. For it's real. really cool to see everyone kind of copy what he does and. It's funny. Pushes him to yeah. try new shit and to be better because he knows people are watching as well. Yeah, gotta keep it creative and Man, stuff like that. The pressure. I mean, pressure, but no pressure. You just keep doing what you're doing, and it's it's like second nature to them at this point, and you want to keep progressing. But like, to like, if you sit back and be like, "Oh shit, everybody's watching," you know, like this, we we're the ones. <laughs> we got We got to do that shit. I'm sure that thought doesn't cross their minds that much, but um, yeah. Uh, I'm curious about your influence from Garrett and like what your what what clip of Garrett's had like the most impact on you if you can think of one from his deadline part or from any of his fiend or Red Bull videos or the plethora of shit that he's put out what what sticks out in your mind clip wise um, from Garrett I think more than anything just the pure progression and able to bring things to life that no one's ever seen before you know, you hear people talk about creative writing. In my opinion, he's the most creative writer ever. Like, yeah. what? who has done more tricks than him? He's written the whole fucking book on, you know, new combos, new barsman variations. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's what I was inspired by the most is just uh, pushing you know, it, taking tricks and doing the absolute most with them and seeing what the limit is with all of them. It's done, you know, all of the progressive tail whips, bar spins, switch bars, all kinds of crazy grinds. Yeah. And, you know, anything from a crazy flat rail combination to a giant trick on a huge setup or you know, yeah and everything in between so i think just purely progression innovation and yeah that's where i get my motivation from is just progressing the sport innovating coming up with new shit that people haven't seen before yeah and yeah i strive to do the exact same thing that he's done with the bar spin with things like crank flips yeah things like you know exabrides and shit like that just Sick. anything to you know bring something new into the light yeah i think the exabride is pretty hot right now a lot of kids are doing that shit and <laughs> to, to the point where like kids kids at skate parks are just like literally coming out of the bowl doing an exit ride <laughs> going like a mile and then just pulling out of the exit ride back in right and I'm all for it have fun but i'm like damn dude do something it's it's so funny because to me like it's honestly not even a trick i like to see very often like it's kind of hard to make it look good or like do is, something yeah. cool with it so i don't know i'd like taking the challenge of like doing tricks that are kind of silly or kind of maybe not so hard and then trying to see if you can do really hard and difficult things with them well, Same thing with like a crank flip. you do a great like, job with it yeah thank you like a crank flip is relatively like pretty easy compared to a lot of tricks but i don't know i enjoy trying to take it to the extreme and do the hardest shit i can possible with them 
Yeah. Same like, thing with XF ride. The the way that you do XF rides and keeping it like over a short distance and making it part of a combo is dope. Like I, the thing that I don't necessarily like is a long XF ride. You know? It feels <laughs> yeah, like I want to blow the whistle and say traveling, like stop it. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. All right, dude, you're not doing anything there. Yeah, if it's not real. quick, it's definitely like you're kind of stalling a little bit. And just scream at him. Eh. <laughs> That's not yeah. it. That's funny. Unless um, it's backwards. Hold it backwards. Dude, is pretty hard, but yes. other than that. I've seen some full 180 and land in a fake EX up, like no landing and then X upping, like landing mm -hmm. in a fake EX up is kind of absolutely insane. Um, can you do that? Yeah, I can, sure can. Yeah. yeah. I have fun with those. I can like bar spin into them and shit too, but you it's a- uh, 180 bar to backwards yeah. X up ride. Um, but it's super cool. I was just riding with this dude, I believe his name's Reed in Austin, Texas. And uh, yeah, he's taking on the X up thing as his own and he's doing all kinds of crazy X up fakey except variations and controlling them and full cabin out and doing all kinds of crazy shit what's his name super cool to see i think his name is reed i'm not sure i'd have to find his instagram or something but uh I well it's yeah -E i don't know if it'll id r-e-i-d awesome texas rider i just met reed yeah it's always T. cool to see people Sullivan. reed is really bad reed Harper. yeah i think it's that one reed is really, reed is really bad. bad yeah he's got casey that. case as his profile picture so uh, it. makes sense hell yeah <laughs> excited you just yeah if you want to see some cool except shit you just answered a question that I was going to ask without really <laughs> asking it. Yeah, I, I try and ask everybody, like, who should I know that I don't know? Um, let's see. We talk about Garrett, his influence. How about, and we talked about, did we talk about, like, your favorite clip? Yeah, the, the pegs to double bar. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, actual favorite ones are still not out yet. Yeah, dude. I'm, I wish like, I could elaborate on those, but I probably shouldn't. The fact that you said 80% of what you filmed with Fiend is not out yet. Um, that's. I would think so. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, some of those clips I was literally like 19 that are still sitting on 18, 19, I would think. My BMX boner is getting hard for, <laughs> for your unseen footage. Obviously, it's been a long time and I got to, I can, you know, add more layers to the tricks now, which I'll probably have to recreate a lot of them. But I think when the video comes out, it'll be pretty interesting because you can tell I was a young kid, like I had dreadlocks and shitty shoes that were falling apart. And then, yeah. You know, you can see my sponsors change throughout the video from having, you know, blown up shitty Nike shoes to getting on Etnies for the first time. And then yep. I had end shoes and now I'm riding van shoes. Sick. It's pretty funny to see Damn. the progression of it. I think it'll be interesting when it comes out. You ran the whole circuit for shoes, dude. Oh. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. <laughs> what was the, were you on Nike? Is that a thing back then? No. Okay. I wish. That'd be crazy. Rocking shitty Nikes. Like Nike oh, yeah, was yeah, kind was of out of like BMX that. by the time you were at sponsorship potential i think right pretty much I yeah i think nike's so. done been gone for a while and then i'm not Crazy. i don't know about ends what is what's the deal with ends footwear uh it's just a group of brothers that uh, you know had some good funding from their parents that wanted to you know make some shoes and do some cool shit for bmx and uh it was one of the only brands that i've ever seen uh um sponsor you know bmx scooters skateboarding yeah you know, say what you want about scootering but i thought it was pretty cool that they were able to give those dudes an opportunity to get free shoes when no one else was scootering and, is uh, fucking sick like some of the shit they do is unreal like if you watch the right the right scooter videos you're like oh yeah this is legit i love it like yeah there's some homies at my skateboard i can do some silly shit like, what bro that's wild doing yeah. cool grind combos and all that but uh but yeah i don't know it was just a little starter brand that they tried to make and uh it didn't last too long, but it was a, a good run. We got an amazing trip out of it. They treated us well while they, while they could. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they might be transitioned to just clothing now or whatever. It's obviously a 
very expensive thing to do is try to make shoes, but that's it was a good run while they tried. It's a hell of an endeavor know, to start to be able to. Yeah. It's cool to be a part of it as well. Being like to, the inaugural pro team. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Obviously there was only one run of riders or whatever, but still to, it takes a, a lot of balls to unique. like, be like, I'm going to start a shoe company, you know, that's, that's yeah. hats, hats off to them. Heavy so endeavor. then, um, after N's was Vans, um, who, how did that happen for you? Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I just had Tony put in the word to Colin McKay, who I believe runs all the, you know, sponsorships from Vans and I just put on a good showing at the Vans HB contest, uh, or the waffle cup, whatever it was called. Yeah. Um, very shortly before that. So I think it made sense and Boom. yeah, it all lined up and they've been, I mean, we've been flirting since fucking 2017, 2018 or some shit. I yeah. remember winning some Vans contests in the Huntington beach, like their am contest. And, uh, then mentioning they want to get me shoes at the time and it never happened. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've been, been flirting them for a while. So it's cool to actually have that come to fruition and be a part of some mainstream brands. How long with, has it been? You know, Odyssey and Vans at this point. Uh, yeah. Only like a month or two at this point. It's oh, no very shit. Fresh. Yeah, yeah, cool. Congrats, dude. That's fire. It was very cool. I That's... think they do more for BMX than almost any other company out there. So they do. It's very cool to be a part of that. And um, I'm so curious about like the, because so many companies have come and gone into BMX, you know, like they like Levi's or, you know, uh, I don't know, Osiris or name name a company that probably have come in sponsored a bmx team went for a year and then we're like up oh, no profit here let's get out of here like, yeah i wonder what companies are thinking when they like make the investment into like having a professional team and the the roi of bmx because it's such a niche and even within the niche of bmx as a whole there's different niches like the park riders who kieran riley's doing triple flares and uh R. Willie doing, dude, the dirt jump shit that R. Willie just did. What? What would? Do you know what I'm talking about? The latest at the tr Toyota triple jump. He did a special. I honestly flip, don't, I think. but those dudes are always doing shit that I can't comprehend at all. It's yeah, I think cool it's a, pretty sure he did a special flip, dude. He like body flipped. He, he flipped his body while also holding onto the bike and then got back on the bike and landed. Like it's just Damn. video game shit. So that's a Wild. niche. And then we got our technical street niche, and then, <laughs> then there's a uh, you know pool riders, dirt riders. Like it, it's all kind of. <clears throat> and then even even all of that combined it's still a very small like fraction of people and I absolutely think it's partly because the barrier to entry it's so expensive to get a bmx bike you know like to like to get a skateboard <clears throat> is like a hundred bucks and then you know yeah. it's pretty simple and straightforward but to get a good bmx bike is you know a, a grand well that's not true like a decent complete bike is like 500 yeah uh i mean i have my own uh opinion about this but i'd like to ask you what do you think is the one biggest hail mary move that we could do as a bmx industry as a culture to get into the mainstream to get into the public eye to make this shit look cool what is the first thing that comes to mind of like the biggest you know hail mary what if scenario hail mary what if scenario of what <laughs> that will as, pull us out as, of, a, into the as a whole <clears throat> upgrade bmx to the next level i would say to get into the zeitgeist we need to have personality shown and kind of show how I'm, I'm visualizing bringing back road fools but in a different and in a modern tv show type of way type shit where yeah. 
you get to see the lifestyle of it and get to see all the behind the scenes and the antics and but also like the positive stuff behind the scenes rather than just like partying like jackass or like baker <laughs> like that's that's cool i guess it was cool but i don't think that's very cool anymore to like promote drinking doing drugs and partying your ass mm-hmm. off like that's fun to watch for a little bit but i don't i don't know what's your answer we can do better that? yeah what's um, your hail mary answer i personally think it's getting the entire industry to buy into this bmx video game that's being produced right now ah. uh, you know that little pipe demo that they put yeah. out years ago people still play that shit every single day yeah and i think it would be a massive missed opportunity if we didn't collectively as a community buy into that game get you know a couple riders from every team into that game get all these sponsors into it have colt bsd fiend sabrosa whoever Dude. get all these main ones in this in the game yeah. In the same way that we have Skate 3 and you could play as all these other different brands. You'd have all these different skaters. You could have all the products you could choose from. And I just think it would be a massive failure if we didn't collectively, you know, find a way to contribute to this game. And, uh, and just think of, you know, how many people get into a video game and then that branches into an interest of theirs. Like, I guarantee I probably wouldn't have started martial arts if I didn't start playing a UFC video game or yeah. get obsessed with filming and writing in the way that I am. Yeah. without playing something like skate three or yeah. you know dave everything mira. in between all that 100 i will do terrible things to play dave mira you know dude I mean? you're right a video <laughs> game is the move the, and that's really yeah. smart i love that take. and and i personally think we need to cast someone into the spotlight of you know having the title of just being the dude in bmx in the same way that skateboarding had tony hawk yeah and uh you know there's three people come to mind to me it's either garrett dennis or chad curley yeah. I think those are the three possible candidates that would do great at it. Maybe put them all three on there. For real. But, uh, I just think we need someone to step up into that position where some BDM random person ambassador. would be like, oh, what's BMX? Oh, like Garrett Reynolds? Yeah. Or, oh, you skate? Also, what, like Tony Hawk? Yeah, And we exactly. don't have that. Or it's like, oh, what, like that stuff Dennis Anderson does? Or, oh, what, yeah. you know, Chad Curley? Like, we need, I think we need that shit. And I think a video game is what is the answer to that. And think of how many people, like, how does a kid get their first bike today? What in... What inspires a kid to get their first bike? Why is a kid asking their dad for a bike for the first time? Maybe yeah. X Games, maybe someone's vlog. It's not like video parts aren't putting kids onto bikes. No. And in order to keep the integrity of what we do, I think we need to, you know, have a video game that displays how you film a video part. And you can even have like challenges in the game to where, you know, your main accomplishment is getting out of your hometown and filming a video part and getting noticed and all this shit. And just putting it into a spotlight and showing kids like, there's a path to do this. There's a way to become a professional. There's a way to, you know, yeah. make money through this. And it's an incredibly fun culture and just show the camaraderie and all that through a video game. And I think that if you could get a 10 year old kid playing a video game, he's inevitably going to, you know, have fun with it and think, Oh, maybe I want to do this in real life. Why am I playing the video game? when I can do this in real life. I want to yes. go get a bike. I should tell my friends to get a bike. I really liked seeing Garrett in that video game. So I'm going to get a fiend or Dakota Roche was sick in that video game. I love that. I want to get a cult bike or any of that shit. And I just think that that's missing in, the game is being produced right now. There's people working on this shit right now. Yeah, it's it's all DIY still, right? How long? It's yeah. been going for five or six years, I think, at this point. Years, I remember yeah. when it first came out, I was like, oh, shit, cool. And uh, Like, to start producing a video game is so wild. <laughs> and I have a lot of ideas about, um, you know, online competition in the video game. I should probably save that for, you know, an email chain or something. Yeah. I don't know if I should give out all the ideas I have. These people could probably take it. But, uh Dude, that's great. I don't know. I don't know are what you, we need to do. Are you in contact in the industry, with the guy? No, but I need to be. And it's, yeah. yeah, I'm inviting anyone right now. If you want to get involved with this shit, let's start getting email chains going. Let's start figuring out. Let's start figuring out how much each brand needs to pitch in. 
see yeah. if we can collectively agree on a number that we can pitch in to get our shit in the game instead of having the mindset of you know well how much is this going to make me right start yeah. thinking about you know what can we do for bmx what can we you know that's do not put what us BMX in the spotlight in a cool you. way <laughs> yeah what dude, can we do for bmx yeah exactly that's a great idea dude i really love that idea let's <clears throat> let's do that uh, industry then, heads let's yeah. start get, you know let's go let's get some email chains let's start doing this we gotta start coming up, up now let's go baby that's such a good idea man thank you i've been trying to have this conversation with anyone who's willing to listen anyone yeah I, I was just talking to wes mcgraff about this too like yo you what do you think about this or yeah i've been talking garrett's head off about it i want him to be on the cover of it i would but. i could totally see that <laughs> it's either you know garrett or dennis or chad like you said or uh nathan comes to mind um yeah but, Marketability wise, I think either Dennis or Garrett and Chad, dude, Chad's got the personality for it. They 100%. all can do everything. Like they can ride anything and everything. I could also see like in a different realm, cause it's not, not so much street, but like our Willie has a lot of mass appeal. Like the nitro circus shit is, uh, is a kind of a, it's not something you can ignore. So he would be, a, hopefully be a part of it. And just like skate three, there's like, mega ramp parks but then there's also it's just a free open world and you can make of it what you will and go ride the dirt jumps and do the crazy r really shit or you can stick it you, you can stick to the streets and you know have a tony ennis character just smoking cigs filming you dude it's so good it. yeah i love that idea absolutely and uh i think you know competitiveness is a key aspect to any video game and you know yeah. imagine if you could play a game of bike with your homie virtually and you for real could, you yeah know, put it in an online pool and be you know pitted against people one-on-one -on -one. and my main thing is imagine if it was i don't know a dennis anderson street bmx or a get around street bmx and to have you know one of these people like red bull or x games buy into it i mean think with garrett he's the most winningest x games athlete of all time yeah why wouldn't you want to have an x games video game with him on the cover or some shit for real and, uh, i love that i mean imagine if you could play a contest format against six other people in an online group chat and you guys are all doing runs together competing in an x game style format yes shit each other over the mics getting scored live you know what i mean and you could have like ranked shit you could be like the best yes rider virtually and you'd have your own little ranking and everyone could compete for the rankings dude you're shit. sparking the gamer in me i'm getting juiced up i'm so excited <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking awesome i got my let's make it happen i'm, I'm ready to go dog let's go yep uh <laughs> <laughs> i could we could end on that man that's fantastic um shit so if anybody out there knows the guy I'm, I'm you know the guy who's producing the pipe bmx and i don't know what are the next steps to get that done i i don't know but i think uh maybe this conversation sparks it we'll clip this shit out immediately and put it on the ig and get the conversation rolling at least dude that's i I'm not lying. That's a great idea to get BMX to do something for BMX and get new eyeballs on it and get the next mm -hmm. generation stoked. And uh, yeah, great idea, Johnny. You're fucking. And I mean, you're a wizard. What else are we? What else are we doing besides trying to you know get kids into BMX, get kids their first bikes? I mean, technically, that's all yeah. what we're doing as pro riders is to you know try to sell bikes, inspire the kiddos. That would be more beneficial to huge. get kids wanting to buy BMX bikes than having a video game that they can play yeah and uh, Shit. But yeah i don't know i don't know I what else it. to do that's why i'm just trying to bring it up i'm trying to talk to anyone that i can about it and uh yeah we'll you just start gotta any industry gotta... heads that start pulling together let's start getting one big ass group chat with all the important heads of all these brands and just start yeah. you know let's talk numbers how much is reasonable for everyone to pitch in 
let's yep. come together from a common agreed number that we can pitch in yeah so obviously it's not like a you know it's not like a sunday bmx video game or like a cult game or right know, we actually gotta you can have everybody involved and uh dude yeah and now that makes me wonder like how much is it to actually produce a really well done video game with mm -hmm. technology these days it's like so you know uh open source like dudes can uh just create a video game at home at this point and with ai coming out we're like we're about to go into some weird shit you know ai can yeah. design a video game like oh. <laughs> the future is wild i hope that this bmx game how do you do you know how to i need i, w I would like to play it i'm on pc it's called mm -hmm. it's called pipe bmx yeah i'm pretty sure they have a free trial that came out years ago and it's probably like 10 bucks but mm -hmm. i mean it's pretty bare bones it's just like a couple little maps but i mean the uh like the the uh the trick um you know controls Steam, are all yeah they all make sense. They're all already proper. And I mean, I'm sure that everything looks way better now than it does then after a few years of them working on it. And uh, yeah, I mean, think of how much funding we could give them as a community to make that shit something really special. For real. And uh, I mean, think of all these, if we did have a figurehead of the game, someone like a Dennis or a Garrett, and they have, you know, monster money or a uh, Rockstar or Red Bull, right. X Games especially too. I mean, I'm sure we could find some big corporation to, you know, help buy into this shit as well. I think that's where as the big well budgets are, is where Monster, Red Bull, and X Games, and uh, Vans probably has a little bit of a... Yeah, I didn't even think about that either. Yeah, amazing. All the shoe companies that could be involved. Dude, I love it. Um, the, the wheels are turning. Let's get the ball rolling. Let's go. Um, we need the community to band together. Let's make something special out of this shit. That's dope. Okay, before we leave though, we gotta do the we gotta do the standards. I don't know if you've listened to the okay. show before, but yeah. Mount Rushmore. Hit me with it. Is that five names? Four. Four? Dylon, Dylon, Dylon. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out there. Um, let's see. Four. Fuck. First people that come to mind is Dave Mira, Edwin De La Rosa, Van Homan, Garrett Lowndes. Nice. But That's if you want to do street riding, the first one for the minor, Edwin, Van, Garrett, someone like Donaghy or Nathan. Yeah. Those are the ones the, the first one that you said is probably the most uh, reflective of all of the internet comments that I've seen when really? <laughs> these, these Mount Rushmore clips get posted. That's Everybody's cool. like, why didn't you say Dave Miria? But you, you, hit, you hit the nail <laughs> on the head. Hell yeah. Dennis and Anderson deserves to be involved in that conversation. 100%. Um, so many people deserve to be involved in that, but those are the first ones. It's so tough to limit it down to four. Somebody asked me on Instagram the other day to your three top writers, and I was just like, fuck, dude. Like, you're, immediately you're just like, oh, I'm leaving out Felix. I'm leaving out Jordan. I'm leaving out Johnny. I'm leaving out Colin. Like, it, there's so many high level writers that you, you get, you end up leaving out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so incredibly suggestive. It's hard. I mean, like, who's the best musician out there? I think you can't yeah, say that. It's all it's subjective. So yeah. Um, I'd say the most accomplished winningest is Garrett Reynolds with the most X Games medals for sure. Um, right? More, I mean, more tricks than, than anyone. I mean, yeah. That shit is super impressive. But I think even more importantly, just the amount of tricks that he's, you know, Dude. contributed to BMX is off the charts and the amount of the time he's been doing it too like from when i started he was already going and that was 20 years ago you know like he's the lebron james lebron james is kind of impressive the fact that he's still top of the game and it's 
20 years in the league now or more, which yeah. Garrett, Garrett, the fact that he's still progressing and I'm sure he's sitting on, you know, an hour of footage with Tony that like, oh, Probably, man, yeah. I'm so excited, dude. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is advice for youngsters. I mean, you're kind of a youngster yourself, John, John, but, uh, <laughs> kids getting into BMX, what would you tell them if they came up to you and they said, Hey dude, what do I got to do to make it in this BMX thing? So uh, first of all, don't ask that question. <laughs> Just... uh, I mean, if you really are into it and you really want to be someone like a professional level rider, I would say, make sure that you love this shit more than anything else in your life. Cause if you don't, if you're not obsessed with this more than anything else in your life, it is not going to be worth your time. This is way too hard. This is way too stressful. It's way too painful. It's way too dangerous. If this is not your main focus in life, what you want to do more than anything, then I would say, don't try to become a professional. But if Facts. you're a person who is obsessed with this shit, who gets a smile on their face, no matter, you know, anytime they step on their bike, it's a good time and they enjoy it and it feeds their soul and it's fucking fun. It makes you feel good and gets you inspired then yeah fucking go for it and uh just have fun with it and find your lane find something that find something unique that you can bring to the table and uh oftentimes that'll get you made fun of in the beginning people might poke fun at you might say that that's a weird trick why are you doing it that way but you just got to find your lane find the creative thing that you can bring and you can contribute to bmx and uh find some new shit to bring to the table which leads to another question how do you handle when when people pick on you and say oh you're being different or weird and what have you learned from being a young gun hanging out with the pro big dogs and and how to interact and personality stuff and things to keep in mind and that type of uh mindset stuff i don't know i honestly uh, it's hard for me to say i feel like i have a pretty pretty traditional style only like out of the box shit i might do is maybe like some exit bride stuff or crank flips but um you know, I'm not one of these people who's like goofy footed or all those things. So it's hard to say, but, you know, I encourage anyone to just um, pursue the thing that you have that's unique. You know, yeah. if you're a goofy footed rider, be the best fucking goofy rider person, person in the world. If you are good at some random weird little trick, become the best in the world, that random little weird trick and, you know, see how far you can take it. Yeah. It doesn't matter if someone else thinks it's cool. If you have fun with it and it feels good and it feels creative to you, then run it. Just have fun with that shit. And, that's fine. You know, if it's fun to you and it brings you joy and you're stoked on it, then whatever. That reminds me, when you say like get get the best at one little trick, there's this dude on Instagram named Lil Slide. I don't know if you've seen him, but he does a 180 and then literally every single Instagram post is just like a cool long slider down a bank and then right. like over shit around corners. And then as soon as he turns out, he does a hop whip every <laughs> single clip. I'm just like, I, and I can't stop watching it every time he posts awesome. it. I'm like, I know what's coming, but this is dope. He's, he's got yeah. the, the sliders on lock. Seen another dude who keeps the nose manual upstairs. Like yeah, that. dude. Like, nose manual upstairs is unreal. You know, figure that shit out. Run it to the fullest extent. See how long you can, you know, see how far you can take that trick. And uh, lean, lean into it's it. It's fun, you know. Make sure you're enjoying what you do. Shit's so stressful and hard on us already. Like, just have fun with it. Find a yeah. way to enjoy it. I love the the way you think you're you're thinking about what you can do or what we can do for BMX, which is like I think a huge piece of advice to kids. You know, like uh, Ronnie said, throw your own jam. Even if it's a small jam, start throwing jams. Get the community together. Um, you know, tr treat everyone with respect and, you know, positive vibes, obviously talk shit when it's fun and from a good place. But, uh, yeah, think, ask not what BMX can do for you, but well, JFK. <laughs> <laughs>
And yeah, uh, I mean, DX is too small to be all clicked up and to be all combative and you know, for real. hostile people. Like, if you see a rider cruising around, you've never met him before, go say what's up. Go befriend yeah. the random at your skate park. If a random dude pulls up to your town on a bike, say what's up. Try to befriend him. Yes. Yeah. I love gotta, I love making people feel good small. at the skate park, dude. Like the little kid at the skate park who's like trying really hard to learn how to smith grind and then he finally gets it screaming for him, you know? That's the best. Skate Absolutely. parks shaped my like social life from when I was 15, <laughs> 15 till 26. I was at the skate park every day. It's a, it's like a whole different world. You get to meet people from all different socioeconomic statuses and, you know, different backgrounds. It's a it's a melting pot skate parks are. It's 100%. And I think you just have to be a unique person in general to be into action sports. Yeah. You're already, you know, if this is your thing, you're already a pretty unique, interesting person. Facts. So it's so fun to, you know, yeah. just meet all the different flavors of humanity through BMX. It's yep. incredible how diverse it is. Um, all right. Well, we can wrap it up, Johnny. Thank you for coming on. Fun how with you. how long did we do? Oh, almost almost no two idea. hours. That's a pretty good, pretty good podcast. Yeah. Very nice. When As we wrap it up, what was, I'll borrow a line from one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, <clears throat> now that we're coming to a close, Johnny, what was your favorite part of this podcast? Being able to fucking chop it up with a person in BMX. I don't know. I live in a small town where I don't really get to talk about BMX to my friends very often. I don't That's really get just get to have a conversation where, you know, we just chop it up. Fuck yeah. And talk about random bullshit. So always do enjoy it. the chance to talk to my fellow BMX friends. All right. Uh, anything to plug? You got more shit coming out in the future? <laughs> Hello. Bleachcondiamonds.com, baby. Okay. OdysseyBMX.com, FiendBMX.com. Support us. Support what we do. Like, you know, like you just said, throw your own jam. Make friends with your homies. Befriend a random kid at the skate park. Show people the right way to do shit. Have cool. fun. Stay healthy, yeah. be positive, etc. Did you say Vans BMX? Because do that too. Vans yep, BMX. Vans BMX as well. Thank you. Gecko Hawaii, if you want some cool pants. Yes, Gecko Hawaii. Are yes. they hooking you up with this? <laughs> What's that? I want some. Are they hooking you up? How much yeah. are those pants? I'm uh, finna buy some. I, you got a code? No, I should I should tell them though. Uh, Steve from Peep Game is friends with them. And uh, I was just rocking the one, the Peep Game collab. And uh, the dude ended up reaching out and was like, yo, if you're friends with Steve, you're friends with me. Let me give you some stuff. Hell yeah, so, dude. Yeah, I love them. They're thin, dude, they're durable. I love that. Gecko Hawaii. Yeah. Um, and the first photo on their website is skating. So boom, they're, yep. they, they know what's good. Hell yeah. I think you might be onto something here with this, these pants. All right. You pajama panther. Thank you for hey, coming I can, on. I can throw head kicks on these things. I can do double crank flips on these things. <laughs> You've run a dojo. <laughs> uh, you, you should get them to make you a signature American flag one. So you can be that dude from that one movie. You, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Napoleon Dynamite, right? Yes. Yes. Someone yes, said exactly. that earlier today. And I, yeah. I read a comment and someone said that and I didn't understand it. And then like, it just dawned on me right now that those are the pants you're talking about. Yep. Oh, wow. That's hilarious. It's pretty <laughs> <accurate. laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. Appreciate your time, Bobby. Much Later, guys. Um, like and subscribe, all that shit. Uh, leave a five-star review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Please. It helps a lot. <clears throat> please. <laughs> All right. Later, guys. Hello. You've reached the end of the video. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Canode Knows. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Johnny Rakis, and I'll see you next week where I talk to Joris Colomb. Stoked. Hope you guys have a good week. Thanks for watching. Appreciate all of you. Thanks for all the messages. Uh, yeah, that's it. Later.